All right, good morning or good afternoon, everyone. Today is Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. And before I start today's um, today's uh, like news roundup episode, I wanted to ask all of you uh, your perspectives on me doing some more streaming throughout the week or the weekend um, instead of, uh, for example, just doing a stream once a week, doing something where we go for, you know, five, six hours straight, but it's much more uh, chill and relaxed. And, you know, we'll do everything from talk about conspiracies to to talking about news, to playing video games, that kind of stuff. Uh, if any of you would be interested in kind of doing that and creating more of a long-form streaming community discussion, I'd be more than happy to. Um, I'd be more than happy to see that see that through if that's what uh, you guys would like. And if not, then no worries. It's just something I'm throwing out there. But anyways, let's get into it. So first off, Matt Gates, uh, the Rep- Republican congressman from Florida, is under uh, investigation for bringing an underage girl with him throughout the Trump campaign. And um, look, he he basically here's what's interesting. Let's wait to see what the investigation brings. Just like I said with the Cuomo thing. Uh, but again, if there's going to be something like footage or tapes or what have you, or some type of proof that's almost undeniable, then at that point I'm going to say the same thing I, I say about Cuomo. Because again, regardless of Republican or Democrat, we have to be consistent, right? So Matt Gates, ironically enough or coincidentally enough, started a. <clears throat> seem to have purposefully leaked uh, just hours before the New York Times report of him allegedly being investigated for being with a 17-year-old girl. He started a, a leak from his oppressor and staff team saying that he's considering not even running for public office again, but instead taking a job at the very... Um, <clears throat> the more conservative-oriented uh, Newsmax station, which is interesting because, again, a lot of people that I... I think I said this yesterday, too, if I'm not mistaken, but a lot of people in politics, they either start in broadcasting or, you know, they go from politics to broadcasting or you name it. There's a lot of intermingling there because, again, politicians need broadcasters to get their message out and things like this, right? Now, again, regarding the the 17-year-old girl that he allegedly paid for for certain private flights and hotel rooms and stuff like that, let's see what the investigation brings before we come up with any conclusion i said this about cuomo too by the way if i'm not mistaken the first two people or the first one or two accusers let's see right like i said let's see and then as time went on it got to the point where there were so many and now there's now there's pictures and now there's alleged footage at this point it's like okay come on you know and i would say the same thing about mac gates let's give him a chance let give him the benefit of the doubt let's be consistent let's see what the investigation and the results bring and uh and yeah so apparently mac gates leaked that story about him going to newsmax because he apparently heard that this New York Times report was going to come out about him being investigated for, you know, being uh, with that 17-year-old girl. He is now claiming publicly as of today, excuse me, that this is a, uh, I think he said something along the lines of an extortion attempt. And look, it it could be, it could be, but at the same time, it could be just him covering his own ass. So it's hard to say. Again, I don't want to comment because this is just the beginning. And, And technically speaking, assuming this report is correct, the New York Times general, like, I mean, Gates himself didn't deny it, right? So assuming the New York Times report is accurate, I mean, we wouldn't have known about this if the Times hadn't reported it, right? But I say reported carefully because the Times has been known lately as well to spin the facts and all that. But anyways, that's a different that's a different subject, but let's move on. The next thing is that Elon Omar, who is part of AOC's, you know, the AOC plus three kind of progressive squad in, in, the, uh, in Congress, she basically did a what's called a words, a jumbo word salad when she was asked why $15 minimum wage in healthcare didn't pass in the COVID response bill. She said, basically, she gave a a word salad, meaning she didn't answer the question. She goes, well, this is the most progressive, um, you know, um, relief bill ever done and all that, you know, for a pandemic. I mean, 
of course it's the most progressive relief bill in a pandemic uh, the the most progressive relief in a pandemic bill of course it is there hasn't been another pandemic for like about a hundred years you know what i mean so for her to say that it's like yeah no shit you know so <clears throat> the next thing is that look with regards to elon omar that i wanted to say it's about corporate donors she had met with Joe Biden's chief of staff two or three days ago, Elon Omar. Why didn't she bring up the fact that, oh, I don't know, why didn't we throw $15 minimum wage or Medicare for all kind of thing in there, right? Now, here's the thing. There is a rebuttal to this about, you know, $15 minimum wage not being good for the business owners. And I understand that. For me, guys, it's not so much about the policy here. More so, rather, it is about what's really occurring and how much they, I guess we could say, pardon my, my English here, but what kind of balls these politicians have. The, when it comes time, when they're barking, 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 metaphorically, but when it comes time to bite, they don't do it. They just had a meeting. Elon Omar and her team just had a freaking meeting with Biden's chief of staff. You don't think they would have pressed on that more? Again, it's corporate donors. What we're seeing here is that people like AOC and Elon Omar would much rather move up the ladder within the Democratic Party instead of taking a risk and going against Nancy Pelosi to force the vote for another speaker if Pelosi didn't introduce Medicare for All and $15 minimum wage. Hopefully you guys can follow that. For those who don't know really too much what's going on, let's put it this way. The progressives, the, the progressives within Congress had an opportunity to force this to happen, and it didn't work. Well, not, not that it didn't work. They didn't do it. And all they needed were six votes to pass Medicare for all and $15 minimum wage, from my understanding. All they needed were six votes, and they have more than six progressive politicians uh, that, that are willing to do this. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Neera Tan No, not Neera Tandon. Uh, uh, Ro Khanna, AOC, Elon Omar, and a hand... Not Stacy. Anyways, you guys know what I mean. There's more than enough progressives in there that could have done it. But why didn't they do it? Because again, they'd rather move up in the ladder and be respected by the elites and the establishment of, you know, the, the, the Pelosi's, the Chuck Schumer's, you name it. For me, it's not so much about the policy as much as it is to say, look, they talk, they talk, they talk. But when the time comes, they still don't do anything. I mean, did you, did you guys see AOC's video last week of her kind of like doing the same thing with a metaphorical word salad? Oh, you know, yeah, well, you know, we the bill, you, you got to call your senator because, you know, we couldn't do it. We tried. What do you mean you couldn't do it? Of course you could have. Anyways, th this is the hypocrisy behind it. I'm not, look, I'm not trying to say that we should just conclude like AOC and Elon Omar and, and put them all in this basket of, you know, just like progressive socialists and, and just throw it in that basket. Let's be consistent, though. Right. The same way that they rip on Republicans for not doing things. Can I be honest with you guys? And sorry if, I, if I'm going on a bit of a rant here, but at least with Republicans in certain ways, you it's more straight up. If it's not going to happen, they say it's not going to happen. Now, that could be debated. Granted, I understand that. I'm not saying that for all Republicans, but the Democrats, they, they promise all these things and then they get into office and nothing happens. If I'm not mistaken, the Democrats right now have control of the Senate, the House and the White House. How I, I don't like. And, and they wouldn't pass the um, the $15 minimum wage because they were respecting the advice of the parliamentarian. The parliamentarian is a symbolic job. I can't believe I have to go over this again. And it pisses me off because it's like all this money for campaigning and stuff to get in there. Did they not think that they're actually going to have to do shit once they got in there if they won? Because now there's no excuse, by the way. Excuse me. Now, now there's no excuse at this point. They have control of literally the entire federal government. I don't, I, I mean, again, unless, seriously, guys, unless I'm missing something, please let me know because, um, uh, what, please let me know because maybe I'm missing something. But anyways, the next thing is that there's new footage that has been presented in the Derek Chauvin trial and testimonies and witnesses and things like this. Look, my opinion, regardless of political beliefs, regardless if George Floyd was on drugs or not, 
Again, like I said yesterday, my personal perspective is this, unless I'm missing something, but I think Chauvin should definitely be charged. I think that's generally agreed up, uh, agreed upon on both sides. I mean, he did not make a split-second uh, decision. He knelt on his, his, knee, uh, his neck excuse me, for almost nine minutes and then pressed even harder. You know, like, I mean, I don't... Look, I'm always open to having my mind changed, but unless there's some type of footage that can bring, uh, you know, more of a consolidated context to all of this... I don't, at this point, I don't know what else I can, you know, I don't know what else I could do or say regarding this because this is just blatant, in my opinion, blatant murder. Again, unless there's something that could change my mind or there's evidence that could be brought forward, right? The next thing is that Alexei Navalny, Putin's political opponent, announces that he's going on a hunger strike. Look, I'm going to be straight here. I'm, I'm, I'm a realist in this, in this regard. What's that going to do? You're already getting waken up almost every hour of the day, so you cannot sleep for more than an hour straight. And he's getting video. He's getting filmed in his cell. And on top of that, the security is like ridiculous, a ridiculous amount of security. What's the hunger strike for? I mean, the, the only thing I could think of is the hunger strike is to get other political major world leaders to say, listen, the guy is starving himself on purpose. I mean, I know I've... I, I, I get why it's done. I'm just saying from a, an individualistic perspective, as an individual, you're going to starve yourself in already terrible conditions. At that point, I mean, maybe I'm oversimplifying this, but in my humble opinion, at that point, you might as well die. Like, I mean, that's a terrible thing to say, but I, I'm not trying to say suicide. I'm just saying, like, how much more suffering can, can the body and the mind take, you know? But... Anyways, the next thing is that the UK, there's a UK report that has denied systemic racism, which promoted a backlash by the people of the UK. I understand that. I, I can understand that about why there's some, there's tons, not some, there's tons of racism. Unfortunately, in the year 2021, there still is. And uh, like I said, again, I'm, uh, it's unfortunate to see, man. Again, this is a, this is a show where we mainly talk about extraterrestrials and, and you name it. And it's unfortunate to see that generally speaking, you know, there's still conflicts about, you know, different colors of skin. I mean, we're all human beings, you know, and ultimately it's kind of like it, we're discussing different alien beings. If there's people that are not okay. And I know for a fact, I mean, everyone knows for a fact, there still are people around the world that are not okay with certain skin colors of other people. So, I say to those people, if you're not ready for, you know, in, engaging with other human beings with just with simply different skin colors, you're definitely not ready to engage with an entirely different species from outer space. You know what I mean? But <clears throat> I don't know. It's uh, you, you guys see what I'm saying. But the next thing is that there is allegedly a new law in Florida that now says protesters are allowed to be arrested and protesting could now be considered a felony. And officers are now allowed to engage protesters in a physical sense. So I guess attack them if, if justified. I want to see the specifics of this bill because this is a little bit frightening to me. With that being said, though, I don't want to come to a conclusion or formulate a final opinion of mine and tell you guys without coming to the full extent of the of the context of this of this bill. So I I will look into it and get back to all of you, but I will. um. I'll see what's happening here. The next thing is that Pfizer said its COVID vaccine is 100% effective in young adolescents. Great. I, I mean, I, sure. Okay. The next thing is that Pakistan allows sugar and cotton imports from India as ties between the two countries improve. Good. I mean, it's great to see countries getting along, honestly. Not trying to sound like, you know, Mr. Kumbaya, we all sit by the fire and sing songs. But unless this is an intelligence operation or apparatus, it's a good thing, generally speaking. You know, countries are trading. Economies are, are trying to, you know, get back on track. You know, uh, unless I'm missing something. But the next thing is that a BBC correspondent has left China amid safety concerns. 
yeah, no, that, that that's a good mood, a good move, excuse me. And not the Chinese people. I'm talking about the government again, the regime. Just to make that clear, that I would get out of there too. I'm not gonna lie. Like if someone said to me right now, Dave, you wanna you wanna take a flight to China? No. And I'll tell you why very quickly. For those who don't know, uh, China has arrested two Canadian nationals who were visiting China. I don't know on what basis, if it was for business or just vacationing, but they alleged, okay, so because of the Huawei thing, China just ran, from my understanding, China just randomly picked two Canadians because Canada halted the Huawei executive from leaving Vancouver, from my understanding, about a year or two years ago, and she has to, she's facing trial and all that, and I'm sure the US and the CIA have their influence there too, don't kid yourselves, right? Which is why Canada is so confident in, in keeping her here. If this was simply a Canadian move, I'm not trying to say Canada's a weak government, but if this was simply a Canadian move, I'll tell you right now, the, the Canadian government would have not stood as strong as they as they are. Guaranteed, this has to do with American communication. Uh, even if it's not through diplomatic uh, uh, back channels, it's probably unofficial back channels, right? So what China then did was the CCP, excuse me, I don't want to generalize by saying China, but the CCP just, from my understanding, took two Canadians and said, hey, okay, yeah, let's arrest them on some bullshit. So if you ask me, Dave, you want to go to China today right now? Unfortunately, no. I'd love to see the culture. I'd love to engage with the people. But the the regime right now, there's too much tension between China and the West overall. It's unfortunate. But no, I, I would say no personally. The, uh, the next thing is that 14 countries raised concern over a WHO report on the COVID origin. And I understand that because many have said that, uh, that China has intelligence efforts influencing WHO even long before COVID happened. So it's interesting. I mean, if we look at, for example, just in case you might question, Dave, when you say many people say, who do you mean? Just so just hold on. When I say many people, I, for example, Melissa Chen on Joe Rogan uh, two, two years ago, from my, if I'm not mistaken, she had said she goes, there is clear evidence to suggest as well as many whistleblowers who have come out of China, who have appeared on, uh, you know, Fox News, MSNBC, you name it, who have said, ironically enough, though, they haven't appeared on CNN, which is interesting, but uh, they have said that China has a very strong influence on the WHO, even though the U.S. dumps the most amount of money into it on a uh, on a, on a yearly basis, right? Uh, compared to all the other countries, so. Again, uh, this time a year ago, the lab hypothesis theory was considered a conspiracy theory, right? Like it's all, I don't know. Anyways, I think honestly, conspiracy theories to a large extent are very healthy for people. And I mean, okay, fine, maybe I'm biased because of the show that we have here, right? But I think ultimately questioning things is good because we're seeing establishments like the Washington Post, CNN, their uh, Associated Press, they're retracting certain things. And it's just showing that like they're quietly retracting it because again, I understand it. They might think, oh, all it takes, they might think it just takes one person to say, oh, look, they retracted one thing, so they must be wrong about the rest. The point here is this, even they get things wrong, but the, the establishment is acting like they don't. You see what I'm saying? The next thing is that the, uh, the war-torn country of Yemen in the Middle East received their first batch of COVID vaccines. Look, assuming they need it, assuming the virus is real and all that, then good. If not, you know, cough, cough, wink, wink. The next thing is that according to President Rouhani, who is Iran's leader, there has been no serious effort on behalf of the U.S. to revive the nuclear deal. Yeah, it makes sense. Maybe Biden didn't agree with what Obama did. I think I said this in yesterday's episode as well, too. I don't fully agree with the Iran nuclear deal because I think they still would have went behind the, not just the Americans back, but the rest of the world's back. And they would have done everything regardless. And I know the whole thing as well. You know, they were following the rules and this and that. Yeah, but just like every country follows human rights rules, but then they break them at some point you know 
the U.S. officially, so does Russia and China. Well, Russia, okay, I don't know, but even China. Officially, they follow human rights rules. But then look at, you know, the, the slaughtering of the Uyghurs. Look at what the CIA did during, you know, the uh, in, F, um, in Iraq with the, with the black site torture, the in, enhanced interrogation. You know what I mean? So, again, it's all, it's all fine and dandy until they got to break the rule and they just break it. So, the next thing is that Saudi Arabia is now trying to slowly wean off its economic reliance on oil exports. So, they launched a $1.3 trillion private sector investment push. Look, they're trying to move away from oil. I guess they could see that, you know, hopefully oil is not, you know, will not remain to be the long-term future of things. Again, I, I, I fully support oil refineries and things like that staying open for the working man and woman. I absolutely do. I think a transition could, in fact, be done when it comes to transitioning from oil to renewable energy over a certain period of time. But to say, for example, that, you know, we got to shut down the oil business now or uh, a much of the working class oil industry, and then you got to wait two, three years till the renewable uh, resources industry is, is up and running like the oil one. What are those people going to do for two, three years? If this is all these people know, what are they going to do? I firmly believe, unless I'm missing something, I'd be very happy to be corrected. I firmly believe that you can do both simultaneously. Keep the oil going and slowly, slowly but surely phase into renewable energy, which, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not some big environment person, as I think I mentioned in yesterday's episode, but I think renewable energy will produce more money in the long run. Now, I want to make something clear, though. I'm not like, the, I'm not like a Green New Deal kind of guy. You know, like the AOC's Green New Deal. I'm not that kind of person as well. I believe in a balance of both. More so on the conservative side because, again, I would... Okay, well, I don't want to get into that. But generally speaking, I think, in, you know, the environment needs to be taken care of. I don't think it needs to be exaggerated as much as the Green New Deal with all the billions, if not trillions of dollars it would cost. But... I, I don't know. That's just my humble perspective. The next thing is that Russia has uh, seeked an alliance with Myanmar and Putin sent some of his uh, diplomats and people over there. Look, from a Russian nationalistic perspective, this is smart, right? Um, you ally with those who are not embracing a pro-Western or, you know, democratically Western influenced, uh, influenced people or nation. I mean, Putin did the same thing in Syria. Right. He, he didn't want the same thing to happen in Syria that happened in Iraq with Saddam Hussein. He partnered with with Assad in Syria. And that kind of, you know, the U.S. was coming, coming, coming. He got in and the U.S. didn't push, didn't get pushed back, but it kind of put them at a standstill. Because what happens now is that if the U.S. goes to war with Syria or tries to really influence them, it now becomes a proxy war with Russia. Right. Proxy, meaning that there's a middle country in between the two. Right. And so. I think ultimately what we're seeing here is Putin, like just like he did with Ukraine and Crimea. And again, I encourage you guys to check out the hopefully the closer to the real truth than what the Western media has pushed about Ukraine and Crimea. The CIA was extremely guilty in doing a lot of um, inhumane things too. don't kid yourselves. Let's let's be fair and consistent. Right. Um, I would dare to say that what he's doing in uh, Myanmar is the same thing that he's doing in Syria and in Ukraine, wherever he sees an opportunity to combat the West, specifically the United States, he will do it. What we're seeing here on a big picture when we take a step back is this is a big chess game. It's as simple as that. It's a massive chess game. You know, the U.S. makes a move. He's now countered. Putin is relying on division. He is relying on division, not just within the West, but around the world, because the more division is sowed, the more chance it, get, it gives someone like him to slip in there and, you know, influence and take control and build more of a coalition and a partnership, right, in, in, in tightness with, with the Russian Federation. Now, it might sound like I'm supporting him. I'm just giving you 
his perspective. This is not for me to say whether this is good or bad to report on. It's not for me to say we should be pro-West, pro-Russia. Both sides are guilty of a lot of things. Let's be real here, right? So again, this is basically a chess game. That's exactly what's happening here. If you hold the perspective, hypothetically, of a you know Russian uh, you know nationalistic perspective of Russia first, screw everybody else. I mean, one would argue that this would be a good move on behalf of Russia. You're trying to expand your partnership and take advantage of things before the U.S. does. That's the you know the the, the pure pro-Russian like Russia number one perspective. You know what I mean? And then we could also look at it the other way too. So it, it comes down to perception and to hopefully find the truth of what's really going on. The next thing is that American businesses are allegedly going to be taxed at a higher rate than Chinese companies uh, doing business with the U.S. It's delicate, even though the, the genocide and COVID and all that, you know, from the, the from the CCP, it, it's 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 delicate because China still has huge amounts of pull, not just with debt and money and all that. I'm putting that aside, just in terms of production and economy and all that. So, again, I mean, let's be real here too. It is, from my understanding, it is a statistic that sixty percent of China's economy is what the U.S. economy is. So, the U.S. economy is still by far the most potent and strong economy in the world. But what this comes down to here is that, you know, people are saying, why are American businesses being taxed more over China? Look, let's, okay, here's the thing. I'm not for higher taxes. I'm really not. I'm more of a capitalist in this regard. With that being said, though, I would dare to say that it's possible there may be many intelligence apparatuses with regards to uh, attacking the CCP or infiltrating them and all that. I'm not trying to defend Biden. I'm just trying to take a totally neutral stance right now and see, okay, if they're not doing something publicly or they're not doing things with sanctions or they're they're not doing things with, you know, embargoes or taxes or things like this during trade and all that in imports and exports, it's possible there's an intelligence angle or it's possible that there's absolutely nothing going on and China's getting away with a lot of stuff. So again, it's not for me to, uh, if I had an opinion, I would give it at, like I always do after I report it to you guys. But at this time around, I still need to kind of get a grasp of what's really happening before I can give my, my perspective. The next thing is that Facebook has banned Trump's interview with his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump. Look, here's the thing. This is only going to drive people away more and more because it's not even about politics anymore. Certain people are going to step back and look and say, I don't care about politics. The guy's just saying something and it's not violent. It's not nothing. So not just Trump, people in general, you know. So, again, this is only going to create more and more of a, a divisive echo chamber online between many different political uh, perspectives and factions and, and what have you, right? The next thing is that a WHO advisor says that investigation into the COVID origin was, and I quote, entirely inadequate, end quote. That's for those listening on audio and not on video. I'm just staring at the camera right now, like, like kind of like what the I told you. So not to you guys, I'm saying we all told the rest of the world. You know what I mean? So look, it's true. It's not, you think, uh, anyways, I don't want to get go over this again. It's, it's BS. It's BS. The CCP curated, influenced, a lot of things are happening there. And I'm not saying that the investigation in the, 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 the Wuhan lab is complete or, excuse me, I'm not saying that it was, um, it was, how can I say this? They didn't come to their conclusion. The CCP was was very particular about who can get in there, which investigators, which rooms within the Wuhan lab, all that kind of stuff, right? So let's be uh, let's let's be realistic about this too. Ultimately, it's not even about what the whistleblowers are saying. I mean, the evidence is there, but the next thing is that apparently, oh my gosh, I don't care about this, but apparently Harry and Meghan Markle weren't married before their public ceremony. 
Look, I don't know if that's a thing. I don't care if it's a, if it's like a traditional thing where you're supposed to get like the royals are supposed to get married before the public ceremony. I don't care. I'm moving on from that stuff. Uh, the final thing is that uh, Godzilla versus King Kong is out, and I'm hearing amongst many others that there is a ton of predictive programming within it. I will be watching it hopefully in the next day or two when I have the time when I'm not working on the show and all that. So hopefully that will be the, uh, I mean, I, it'd be cool to see because apparently I've been told by some very reliable friends of mine that they've told me, they said, Dave, they go, there's the underground tunnels, Antarctica, you know, different frequencies, vibrations, stuff that you talk about on the show. It could be a form of, of, of uh, predictive programming and preparation. Let's not kid ourselves here, right? So let's, I'll be curious to see what happens and I'm very interested to see what, uh, what the movie has in store. So anyway, that's it for today we'll catch you guys later on in the day and i hope all of you have been having a great day so far depending on what time zone you're in maybe you just started your day or you're ending it but anyways thank you so much for tuning in and watching or listening and we will catch you guys later cheers